everyone, welcome to the Flexing Physio podcast. This podcast is aimed for physios, whether you are a student or already qualified and working in the big bad world. On this podcast, we will be giving real world advice about everything physiotherapy. We will be having a bunch of special guests. And most of all, we'll be having lots of fun banter. My name is Dan Chang and I'm a physio working in a private practice here in Tamworth and I'll be your host. Now, let's get into this episode. Good morning. (laughs) We're on the air. Yes, we are. Um, Good morning or good afternoon, wherever you're listening to. Or good night. Or good night. But please stay awake. Yes. (laughs) We'll do our best to keep you going. This is what I call tea time with my boss, Warren Ansel. I call it uh, slightly good coffee uh, with, uh, with Dan. What do you have in your little canister there, Was? Uh, my, well, I'm, it's coffee. Coffee? It's coffee. Instant coffee? Uh, yes. Okay. Uh, That's I'm, already a strike against my books. So, well, you see, I'm actually lactose intolerant. There we go. There's a fun fact That explains everyone. the lactose intolerant cheese that's been sitting on the... Yes, that's exactly right. So it's, uh, but also, I'm also fat intolerant. So actually, the milk I use is lactose-free, 99.9% skim. So to get that at a cafe is next to zero. Yeah, and it actually true. goes really nicely with instant coffee. So that is actually what is in my little travel mug here, my friend. No worries. No so worries. I'm not actually a coffee <laughs> snob. I, I just can't uh, can't do coffee at cafes because if I ask for that kind of milk, they just look at me like, you know, blip, blip. Yeah. <laughs> they just give you one drop of normal milk and the rest water. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. they try to froth it. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, we're not here to talk about coffee, we're here to talk about... Uh, we are here to talk about what we talked about last episode. So this is going to be a part two to that one. So last episode, we touched on being comfortable with the uncomfortable. Physiotherapy yeah. is quite a grey zone job. Yep. It's not like accounting where it's very black and white. You get the answer, it's right or wrong. Mm. Physio, there's a bit more iffy stuff I like to think of it on. as being creative. Creative, I like that. Yeah, sort of. That's yeah. Rather than going, oh, there's no answers. Mm. You kind of get a chance to um, customize an answer. Oh, I love the word that the English use, bespoke. Wow, <laughs> this is a bespoke treatment for you. <laughs> I like that. Well, I had an English client the other day, and he went, "Oh, spot on." <laughs> <And> it, was, <laughs> it was so cool. That's great. <laughs> I'm I'm watching the new Marvel movie, Marvel TV show, um, Moon Knight. Ah, uh, yes. And in the first episode, the it's guy, nothing like the comic, by the way. But anyway, that's yeah, cool. that's why I thought. But it doesn't matter. It's great. It's a good series. The great guy's series. um got an amazing British accent, and he goes, <laughs> "Oh, bollocks!" Yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, and then his other alter ego is American. We won't go That's there. Right. I, no I challenge you. I challenge you was to use the word bollocks today in your with your patients. Oh, okay. So they say something, you go bollocks. Well, actually, today I'm going to be treating. Uh, got a bunch coming in from um, uh, Fiji and Solomon Islands. So I could probably do that, and they wouldn't have a clue. What no, I'm they'd saying. think this is some weird ass <laughs> Australian. Well, they, they'd probably walk out actually using that word. So yeah, maybe I shouldn't. <clears> is, this, anyway. is this with the abattoirs? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, cool, yeah, cool. Yeah. Well, hope you enjoy yeah. that. Anyway, um, so yeah, so I like to think of the fact that there, it isn't black and white. Um, that's more we can be more creative. Yeah. Um, however, still within the bounds of science, you know. So we don't tend to use snake venom or monkey blood or whatever. But um, <laughs> uh, no monkeys in Australia. Mm. Um, but yeah, so I, I'd like to think of, you know, you still stick to guidelines, still stick to sort of principles, but um, 
yeah, less of a recipe approach because yeah. if you if you're so used to recipe approach, when somebody comes in who doesn't fit that recipe, and off air we were just talking about say somebody who, like an ACL recon, um, but they're having chemo, and I've come across this before. So yeah. you know we had to slow down um, quite a bit the uh, the protocol, um, and it was actually interesting the orthopedic surgeon who was involved. Um, likes his recipes a lot yeah right like seriously likes his recipes um and so we had to have quite a big conversation um about sort of chemo and how it involves you know healing and soft tissue and so forth and uh yeah i really had to work really hard on that orthopedic surgeon to make him realize that you know this this wasn't an ACL recon that was going to fail, mm. it was just going to take longer because 100%. of accentuating circumstances. Now, I couldn't find a recipe mm. or a protocol for ACL recons for someone who's undergoing chemotherapy. Yeah. Um, if, if it's out there, guys, can you please, please flick us a link? Us. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Because uh, as Dan will tell you, my techno skills are wanting. Um, <laughs> but, you know, so we, we had to get a bit creative yeah. um, and still make this patient's recovery and rehab uh, positive mm. um, and effective, but understanding that you know their energy levels were down, so we, we had yes. to sort of macro and micro cycle a bit. So when they were getting chemo uh, on that that week, we had to sort of dial it back a bit. Yeah. Uh, usually the week after, actually, if for those who don't know, with chemo, usually you're not too bad when you get it. Yeah. Um, it can be seven to ten days afterwards that it can actually hit you. So we yeah. we sort of took that on board and we we sort of changed <coughs> his his program a bit. Mm. Um, and you know he's doing great. So. I had a guy um, not so long ago, he had a hip replacement mm -hmm. and he came in and he was also going, he, he knew he was going to undergo some chemo at the same right. time. Okay. And um, he would have been, he was my first patient who had had a big surgery plus chemo at the same time. Sure. So I used my um, limited knowledge and I just said to him, gave set some expectations being like, Ooh. hey, look, you're coming here weekly, but... You, not every week's going to be amazing. Yeah. Um, you're going to have weeks where you're feeling like absolute garbage. Yeah. Um, energy levels are going to be really yeah. bad, really low. And he understood all that. Cool. And some days, <clears throat> excuse me, some days he was amazing. Yeah. yeah. It was like you gave him a shot of adrenaline <laughs> or something. And then other days he'd be opposite end of the spectrum sure. and we'd literally just be doing cycling for Whatever half an hour. Whatever he could. Yeah. yeah. This was I, a workers' comp claim. Yeah, so. yeah. So, you know, but I mean, that's... Uh, I think as long as you are flexible and adaptable mm. um, and you you never lose sight of the goal, but you understand there's going to be a few hills and valleys along the way. Yeah. You know, I love the graph that you've got in your room. So in Dan's room, he's got this graph and it says how you think recovery should happen. Mm. And it's a nice straight line in the graph. And then below it, it says, but how it actually really is. And it's this wiggly line that goes in all sorts of places, but it still ends up in a yeah. better position than when it started. Yeah. And I think as long as that's happening, then, you know, you can't go too far wrong um, and just be safe with your yeah. patients. Yeah, and funny, not funny, interesting you should mention, um, but the the road to recovery really, you know, even at the best of times, is not in a straight line. No. Um, because you've got to factor in other things sure. that affect recovery, such yeah. as things like stress, sure. sleep, sure. are you smoking, are you drinking, um, yeah. You know, did you have a fight with, argument with your husband or wife that day? Yeah. Um, all that accounts into the pain that you feel. Absolutely. So it's not always tissue damage, tissue damage. It's not always about that. And look, you know, for for people that are sort of working, uh, I guess, with elite athletes that are in a controlled environment, like mm. at an institute of sport or something, 
um, you know, a lot of those, uh, or a professional team, they try to control as much of those uh, variables and factors as they can. Whereas for the vast majority of patients that we're going to see in most private practices that, you know, working full-time, part-time, stay-at-home mums, um, you know, whatever, mm. uh, kids, no kids, job, you know, no job. Yeah. Um, that's Those variables aren't controlled by some big institutions. So they do totally... Uh, factor into the recovery of their patients. I mean, mm. I've got a lady at the moment who's got a, a shoulder uh, rotator cuff repair, we think. Mm. Um, <laughs> that's, they, we can do a whole episode on this lady. Um, but she's uh, got CRPS as well. Um, and she just found out that in her job, um, her boss was actually defrauding the company for millions. And so their entire team is going to be stood down and there's a fair chance the whole team is going to be actually fired because the company's going to lose a massive contract because of his illegal uh, activities. Uh, so you can imagine what that did to her CRPS. Just a bit, Tristan. <laughs> Just a little bit. Yeah, yeah. And she moved into state and, you know, all whole bunch yeah. of stuff. So, so, you know, you've got to sort of – that's where I think you've got to embrace the grey. And as yeah. you say, get comfortable with the uncomfortable and go, you know what, there are some of those things that we just – we can't change. And we just have to roll with and deal with as best we can. And the things that we can change is the, the speed of the rehab or the intensity yeah. or the pressure we put on the patient or all that sort of stuff. And so, you know, if we control that sort of stuff, um, then it'll make the journey better. And uh, patients will really appreciate it as opposed to the cut and dry. Well, that's it. Um, you know, I can't work with you. You're, you're too slow. You're mm. making us look bad. And, mm. and look, you know, if some physios want to work like that, that's fine. Um, if that's their style, but I, I think it's a, a short-sighted approach yeah. and not a patient-centered approach. I'd just like to touch on a question. This was not really planned, but um, let's just like to get your insight. By the way, none of these <laughs> podcasts are planned. We're literally two grown <laughs> men sitting. In <laughs> we a just dark wing room. it. <laughs> so, uh, but yes, what do you want to touch on, Dan? Yeah, just um, when you get a protocol from a surgeon. Yeah. And um, in the letter, it, it, for example, it's a knee meniscus repair. Sure. And in the letter, it, it says to you, addressed to you very clearly, no squats. Sure. Or no lunges. Yep. But you can't see from your professional opinion, you can't see any issues with squats or lunges. Like yep. how they're going to get off of, of a chair or get off of the toilet. They can't do squats. Sure. How do you go about navigating that? Yeah, great question. So I guess first up, we've got to realize that not all, but a lot of uh, so orthopedic surgeons aren't exercise yeah. uh, geniuses. Yeah. Um, they're geniuses at what they do, but not always exercise geniuses. Um, so doing, say, a sit to stand off a chair for any physio knows that's basically a modified squat. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it's not a technical squat. Mm, that's right. So maybe that's something that we could um, could utilize. Yeah. Um, I, I will say before I go any further, you you want to have a relationship with your orthopedic surgeon in terms of knowing how where the line in the sand is, because sure. th there are some surgeons where sit to stands off a chair would still be considered no. That's no go zone. Um, they never sit down then. <laughs> yeah, exactly right. Yeah, no toileting for you ever. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so you know that's why I often find the sit to stand. But again, you use you use principles. So why don't they want to squat? Why don't they want to lunge? Well, for a meniscus repair, you usually don't want the person bending their knee past ninety degrees. Yeah. Because if it was a posterior horn meniscal yeah. repair, you don't want to put you know weight bearing pressure on that yeah. part of the meniscus. Yeah. So that's cool. We can deal with that. So you can do, you know, you can do your sit to stands or something 
high, you can put a couple of cushions on a chair yeah, or a, a, a desk or something, you know, come off that, and then work your way down, and but still keeping to the principle of not going past 90 degrees. Okay. Rather than doing a lunge, maybe you could do long strides. Yeah. So you're not actually dropping down into a lunge, but you're still getting that nice extensibility of the tissues and the muscles working mm. over a long walk. And then you can put maybe a slight dip in it. So it's not a lunge per se, it's just a long stride with a slight dip. Again, going nowhere near the 90 degrees. Yeah. So. As long as you understand the principle of why they don't want you to do a lunge and a squat, um, then you know you can sort of work around that to some degree. Mm. And again, think of your principles of exercise progression. Yeah. So you know, smaller range of motion, smaller load, smaller reps. Yeah. And then you can modify those and adjust those as the patient gets better. Yeah. Um, and of course, if somebody's had a meniscal repair, eventually they're going to have to do a squat. Yeah. For real. And eventually they were going to have to do a lunge, depending on what sport and activity and exercise yeah. they're into. But even if it's just, you know, somebody who's going to pick up something off the ground, there's a fair chance that they might end up doing a lunge, you know, mm. go down on one knee to pick something up or yeah. to do some weeding or whatever. Um, so, you know, I think it's important that you have that conversation eventually at some point with the surgeon and saying, well, look, I know you didn't want them to do squats for, you know, six weeks, 12 weeks, whatever. Mm. Uh, but we need to head down that path because yeah. otherwise this person's never going to get back to hockey, rugby league, whatever it is that they they're going to be doing. Mm, you know? Yeah, yeah. It's just interesting because I've had, um, I ha I've had a surgeons tell me in a letter that don't do lunges because that's going to cause patellar tendinopathy. Yeah, and look, you know, there is a couple of uh, papers out there that would probably mm. uh, suggest that. But again. Um, if you're aware that that can happen, then you can mitigate for that. Yeah. So you can, uh, you know, work on their stability. You can work on um, other kinds of quad strength and, and so forth mm. so that when you do get to the lunges, uh, you know, it's not a problem. And again, you don't just start straight up with bang, driving their knee into the ground lunges. You know, <laughs> yeah. you, know you start with lighter range, lighter loads and da-da-da-da. And, yeah. and that's, <clears throat> that's where um, I, I guess it's not so much that it's – shades of gray it's more a case of it's still kind of black and white but there's mm. 10 steps to get to the black yeah i was going to use the term 50 shades of gray but we'll probably get done for <laughs> copyright or suit or something <laughs> or all of a sudden the wrong people will start uh, uh listening us. to this podcast yep, yep. but yeah so you know i think it's a it's people have to because i mean you got to remember surgeons live in a fairly cut and dry world somebody comes in you know they've got an acl that's ruptured or they've got a meniscus that's torn and, you know, within an hour, they've done what they need to do, yep. by and large. And that's it. Their world is very much, it's black and white. Mm. We either fix the ACL or we don't. We mm. fix the meniscus or we don't. Um, and so our world is a bit foreign to them in some respects. Mm. And that's why back when we were talking in the first part of this podcast about how I, I don't mind physios going on to becoming doctors and orthopedic mm. surgeons, it's because they kind of get that. Yeah. So they they understand that we're not just going to take somebody two weeks post-op and just drop them into a, a lunge with 20 kilo dumbbells on each hand and just pile drive that meniscus repair into the back of the joint. You well, know? I've been practicing wrong. <laughs> <laughs> you don't have to have meniscus repair. But, you know, they, they understand that that's not going to come for months. You know, yeah. that's that's uh, uh, there's uh, 27 steps to get there. Yeah. Mm. So that's that's very long answer to a very short question. No, that's um, good. I think it ties in well with the topic of this this episode, which is not everyone's going to be a recipe approach. Yeah, and well, at the end of the day, every single one of our patients is different. Yeah, you know, old, young, short, tall, 
culture know, background yeah everything. culture background ever so lifestyle work environment kid environment family environment stresses anxieties past history past injuries that's a huge grab bag of variables so it makes sense to me that your treatment is going to be you know, it looks similar to somebody else's, but there are still going to be little nuances or little differences. Yeah. They're going to suit that person because of where they are in their walk. And I always say that to patients. I say, just because you've had a knee recon and your brother had a knee recon doesn't mean you're going to recover at the same rate. Mm. You know, you're not going to have... And if you do, that's great. But just preparing you that, you know, everybody's journey is that little bit different because, yeah. you know, everybody's different. Yeah, that's right. So if you're listening to this and you're a student or if you're a fresh new grad, um, I hope this has just destroyed your confidence. Um, <laughs> uh, ring lifeline. No. That's right. So I guess the the summary, a good summary of this episode would just be everyone is different, mm-hmm. um, So, but don't overcomplicate things. Yeah. You're a human. They're a human. Yeah. They're not going to kill you. Yeah. Yeah, just fix one thing at a time. Yeah. If, if at all, if there's so, so much stuff going on, just pick the one thing that yeah. you think is more important and just start with that. I literally have people come in and our uh, homework for them is just to walk every yeah. day, 100 meters every day. You know, they probably need to do a whole lot more than that, but start with that. If you want to move a mountain, start with the first pebble. <laughs> That's deep, Dan. That's very well. That's very <laughs> I'm a married man now. I'm a married man now. <laughs> oh, God. All right, we might cut that episode there. Thanks, Boz. Thanks, Dan.